Hi everyone, welcome back to Gabby's Light, and I'm your host, Gabby. I'm a wife, mama, and educator. On this podcast, we will explore social justice, self-love, healing, spirituality, and life. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Today, I'm very excited because we're going to start off with something different, and we're going to do some journaling today. And so, grab your journals, grab your pens or pencils. If you can, uh, if you're like on your way to work and you're like, Gabby, there's no way I'm going to journal right now. It's okay. Just, um, come back to this later. And I highly recommend this activity. I think journaling is one of the best ways to get your thoughts out on paper, really just diving in deep into that place of like that mind chatter and just like writing without judgment. And so, We're going to be journaling for five minutes, and when you start your timer, you can go ahead and pause this. You know, you can play some music in the background, whatever gets you inspired, and I want to invite you to, as I mentioned earlier, either write in a journal or even your phone, and just give yourself that gift of five minutes, and we're going to be journaling about something that's been on your mind lately. And just writing five minutes, like, what comes up? Like, it can be anything. It can be, you know, just your thoughts just being on this piece of paper. And just, like, taking the approach of non-judgment. Because sometimes what I've learned is that, you know, that monkey chatter and that's in our mind that's, like, constantly, like, going back and forth through that dialogue, you know, it's really good to get through that because at the end of the day, it's just some of that is not real. And sometimes even our thoughts lead to anxiety. At least I can say that to myself. Like, I think that happens a lot. And so that's why I find journaling as a really good outlook for myself. And I try to journal as much as I can uh, every day if possible. And so just give yourself five minutes to just really check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. Uh, you can pause this, uh, pause this podcast and just come back to it later. But yeah, so I hope you all enjoy that and, you know. Give me your thoughts. Uh, Let me know what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. And so, for today, I thought I'd make a podcast episode about my experiences working for public schools and transitioning now and working for a private school. Um, But in order to talk about how I got to where I am today, I feel like I have to digress a little and I have to talk about when I started... um, working in education in 2016, uh, which was quite a while ago. I'm not sure how many years I'm not doing the math right now, but um, I actually started as a volunteer um, tutor in one of my local schools, where I uh, one of my local neighborhood schools where I lived at the time. And so I feel like I always got this really big sense of like education because I really loved working with children and I thought that teaching always kind of appealed to me because I always felt like, you know, I want to be there to support students regardless of what they go through and being able to show up in their lives, especially as an educator. I think that if you're an educator and you're listening into this or you work with children, uh, I think as an educator, uh, how we show up with children really matters because sometimes children don't have anybody showing up for them 
at home. And so when they come to school, you know, they have very different experiences growing up. And so oftentimes I felt like this growing up. And I always knew that when I was growing up, I was like, you know, I want to be an educator because I want to be there for children, regardless of what they're going through. And I want to show up for them in their lives. And so during this time I was volunteering and I was in community college, uh, where I was beginning to explore my careers and what options I wanted to kind of navigate and kind of go through. And after this experience of volunteering and volunteering at my uh, former elementary school teacher's classroom, I realized, you know, I really love teaching. Like, I think that this is going to be a good segue for me. And so that's when I started to really talk to counselors and really ask about what major I needed to major in in order for me to kind of like become a teacher and get my teaching credentials and all that, all that spiel. And so uh, I did and I remember sitting down with the counselor and they basically told me that in California you can major in anything if you want to get your teaching credentials in multiple subjects, which that's what I want to do because I was like, I don't want to work with elementary school kids. And so that's what I did. And that's why when I went off to uh, undergrad school, I, I knew that my major was going to be Native American studies because I felt like, hey, I want to make sure that whatever I learn in undergrad, I want to make sure that I can just really have a relationship with what I'm learning and just being able to get as much as I can and making it as engaging. And up to this point, I feel like I made a really great decision majoring in Native American Studies because I learned so much. You know, I feel like Native American Studies is a very, well, as an undergrad major, it's a very broad field. And uh, I learned a lot about Native American tribes. And my emphasis, if y'all don't know, is Mexico and Central America. But I feel like I really learned a lot about laws, tribal laws. I got to learn about linguistics, which wasn't my favorite, but I loved learning about it and it was like really great. You know, I got to do a little bit of theater. And so all these things that I just feel like I really got to learn and experience. And I I loved the community that I was in. I felt like it was a much smaller major, which made it, made it even better because I was able to relate to others and I was able to uh, build more community and solidarity with other folks in the classrooms and it was just really good and I got to meet a lot of the faculty just like get to really know them um, their quirks and just like how great they were and just everything so that was a really good experience uh, and by the time I graduated I graduated in 2018 and when I was about to graduate I was like super worried about what would happen uh, when I would graduate because I wanted to make sure that I got a job just like a lot of the folks that graduate with bachelors nowadays it's just like okay where am I going after this and sometimes even realizing that sometimes even unfortunately out in the market even having a bachelor's nowadays isn't enough sometimes um, one has to pursue and continue to pursue a higher education and so I was a little bit worried um, not to say that you know it's not possible it's definitely possible to get a good job but you know straight out of college it's really challenging and so I decided that I would join a program uh 
that would send teachers, like teacher interns, uh, which was like students at the time, like straight out of college and would send them into Title I schools. And so I did this because I was like, you know, I want to get a job. I want to make sure that I have stability. And, you know, I started doing the exams that are required to become a teacher, like CBEST, that one I passed. Uh, I wasn't too concerned about that one. That one wasn't too challenging. Uh, the CSETs was another story, right? Uh, it's like I passed two of them and one of them I just could not pass. And that one was just like stressing me out, right? But where I decided, where um, during that time when I graduated and was transitioning into that program, you know, uh, I got to join a high need district where teachers' retention was low. And so what that meant was that this district uh, didn't have the best resources and it was very challenging in itself because a lot of those students and folks uh, who went to school here um, and worked here, you know, like come from low income communities and you really, I really got to understand the trauma, the firsthand trauma of what a lot of students face, uh, not only in their communities, but in their families and the lack of resources that are given to special needs students and how prevalent it was when I was working with them. And, you know, for the most part, when I started working in this position, I love the communities and I love the families because there's so much love there, uh, but there is a lot of trauma. Um, and so I think that that for me was one of the challenges because I also saw myself in this community um, a lot of the time, and so that was challenging for me. And uh, I think I'm a leader. Uh, I always consider myself a leader at heart, and for me it was just really heartbreaking just to see what some of these students were going through. And, you know, as a teacher, I could only do so much. Uh, but, you know, that class that I got, my first teaching class that I got, it was so amazing just being able to just see the students and just, like, the joy and light that they bring into the world. And, you know, regardless of everything else that's sometimes in their experiences, how they're very valuable and um, they contribute a lot to just so much joy and um, just who they are. Uh, I remember like I had like 20, I want to say maybe 25 to 28 students. Sorry if you can hear my cat crunching in the background. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like I had students that were really high need. You know, they really needed, you know, an IEP. Uh, which, for those of you who don't know, it's a it's an extensive form that has to be filled out by a teacher or somebody thereof, and it's to get them the resources that they need. And sometimes it's like you know it's so hard to get them these resources because the support isn't there, and so it would break my heart because I had students who clearly like had a lot of processing, um, who needed processing help with processing and so it was just really challenging being a first-year teacher and trying to navigate that as well as everything else um well I had other students that you know needed social emotional support with like trauma 
uh, for example, of a death of a parent that was very violent uh, in that community where I was working. Uh, or I had other students that were repeating uh, first grade for the second time. And so, you know, it was a lot of that. And I think that, uh, yeah, it was challenging. And I remember like even working just like that whole year that I was a first year teacher, it was like kind of chaotic now that I think about it because that particular year when I started teaching, like I remember one of the other, one of my other colleagues, you know, she was, she wasn't doing that great health wise. And, you know, she would, there would be times, period of times where she wouldn't show up to work like weeks on end. And it was hard. It's hard um, having a colleague like that because then you have students who struggle through that. You know, imagine having a, a teacher that struggles like that. You know, it's not, I don't think it's good. And it was just like, it was a lot. <laughs> but. I remember like those students being like divided up into amongst all of the teachers and some of them didn't even like, you know, some of the students didn't even learn much and some of them had to repeat first grade all over again. Or there was another of my colleagues as well where um, he just went through a mental break breakdown, you know, and just like just seeing so much and just sending so much heartfelt love to them because it's like I now understand that it's like being a teacher is hard work and it's hard dedication especially working with a low pop low, low income population where trauma is pretty prevalent and everything else are up but uh yeah and you know I saw teachers like just you know burnt out just struggling to get to the finish line and struggling with their mental health and just so much and just like so tired and just wanting to get there you know my other colleague you know every time she'd be like so like tired and she'd be like I have five more years to retire and I want to make it and so it was a lot that I realized during that time and even not just talking about it I'm realizing a lot more but you know overall it was a good experience because I also got to meet a lot of very hardworking families and you know just because they come from a low-income area doesn't mean that they're not good enough or they're not worthy enough or they're not deserving enough which I never thought they they weren't deserving of that but I think sometimes there's a lot of preconceived ideas and as educators we have to learn how to really have that discernment of okay, this is where you come from, but, you know, this is not who you are. And I always try to show up in my classroom with an open heart and an open mind. And I would honestly try to support my students as much as I could. I would try to be there for them, you know, even if it was, you know, saving, you know, breakfast for that one student who was always late, then I knew he was going to tell me, like, hey... Um, I'm hungry, you know, can I have some food? Like, I was always that teacher that was like, I got you. You know, like, I remember towards the end of the school year, one of my students that repeated the first grade for the second time, and he was like, you know, uh, I think there was a lot of, probably a lot of preconceived ideas about me and probably like who I was going to be as a teacher because I was a first year teacher and you know I remember like just getting ready for the for like the start of the day and I remember opening the door and there was um this student's mom and my student and they brought me flowers and I was just like so like 
taken back because, you know, I remember, you know, his mom was like, you know, thank you so much for believing in my child. And that's something that I continue to take with me because that's all students want sometimes is to be believed in. And it doesn't matter if you're low income, it doesn't matter where you come from, as long as you have a good heart and you believe in students, that's all that matters. And that to me was, I think, one of the biggest takeaways from that, from my position as a teacher and working with children, is always showing up for them no matter what, even if it is just to encourage them to continue on in their journey and to never give up that hope. Um, and so that first year, uh, we also, teachers in that district went on strike and so a lot happened that year. It was just so much, like so many culminating things of like work and like what was going on. And then like, what was I, what, what, what I was going through in that time too was just so hard. Um, and so in this particular district, there's a lot more layers to the story of what was happening because what's been happening in this particular district is that because of gentrification in the Bay Area, uh, a lot of the working class families are being pushed out of the Bay Area because of the expenses, because of the cost of living, because of so much, you know, it's so expensive to live here. It's ridiculous. And the cost of living is just going up, but there's no increase of salary wages. And so a lot of families have been faced to move and so we've been having a lot of families move out of the bay area and so what happens is that when low-income families and families of color who can't afford to live here move out and so as they continue to move out then what happens in turn is that enrollment goes down at these schools and when these enrollments go down at the schools that means that districts are faced with the hard challenging decision not only do they have to cut back on budgeting because this particular district has a history of not doing so well with their finances, but also the fact that this district now has to make the decision of consolidating teachers. And so what happens when teachers are consolidated is that, you know, they want to make classrooms smaller. They want, no, I'm sorry, they want to make classrooms bigger, move teachers around, so then that way they cut the costs of these public schools and the classrooms and what it takes to run them and manage them. So having said that, you know, along that journey, that first year, I was getting ready to start my second year. Keep in mind, I don't have my teaching credentials yet because I'm working towards the CSET. That was so hard for me, so challenging. Um, and so I was already kind of stressed out about that. And during that time, I remember the principal and vice principal just calling me in to their office and being like, hey, Gabby, so this is what we have going on. You know, the district the district is consolidating one teacher and the one teacher they want to move is you. So out of all the teachers that were there, they wanted to move me. And, you know, school had already started like two weeks prior to that. I worked so hard to get my classroom ready. And it was just like, I was just like, you know, like, I don't want to be have to move, you know, like, why do I have to move? And so... The principal was so nice at that school, you know, I just, I have so much love for her and, you know, uh, I thank her so much every day for giving me that opportunity, but she gave me an opportunity to stay and she was like, uh, you know, you can stay, but I'm going to have to discuss the budget with like the committee and like just with like front of parents. 
but I also felt like that wasn't right. Like it wasn't also fair for me because I felt like, you know, here I am working with students and just giving my all where I just feel like I'm in a district that doesn't acknowledge me, you know, that doesn't acknowledge that, you know, what teachers are also going through on the forefront and how it's not easy being a teacher in this district. And I just felt like it just, something wasn't aligning with me. And so I saw that opportunity as like, you know, I like this job, but I also feel like I have to continue on because I always felt like when I was there, I was like, is this it? Like, you know, is this kind of it for me? You know, like I see everybody around me, you know, I see how they're struggling and it's like, I feel like I'm also in a way struggling, but I'm just like, it just made me reflect a lot and like what I wanted in my decisions from there. And so here I was a year later, given this opportunity to leave the workplace where I was working. And so I told the principal, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to take this as a sign and, you know, I'm going to just resign. And I did, I resigned. And that was so hard because I'm a first, first college uh, first generation graduate student and so call it yeah college graduate and so for me that was hard you know because like all I had ever heard was like you need to go to school and get a job and do this and you know I still wanted to do that but I just felt like I was just being spread so thin somewhere where I felt like I just didn't really completely fit in and I kind of knew that but I just feel like I was just scared to leave and so when I did decide to leave, you know, there was a lot of teachers that were very, very heartbroken at this fact that this had happened and that it had to be me. Um, I felt, you know, I, there was a lot of compassion there too from the other teachers, but I remember that day that I left my last day, I remember one of the other teachers writing me a card and he said, like, I still don't understand why it had to be you. Like, I just don't understand. You know, he's like, I don't understand why, but I think God has something bigger planned for you. And in that moment, I knew that my journey wasn't going to end there and that I had to continue on as hard as it was, you know, leaving my job position and that love that I had for my kids. I felt like I knew that I wasn't done, that there was other things that I had to learn and go through. Uh... So after this, you know, I was like unemployed. I was looking for a job. I was living with my parents and, you know, they weren't too happy with my decision, but, you know, all over my parents because, you know, at the end of the day, all parents want good things for their children. And so I started applying at other jobs, you know, I started getting into after school programming. And so after I started getting into after school programming, I really enjoyed my job particularly like I started working at a charter school and so I really like working at a charter school because I felt like it was a lot different than public school for sure but I still felt like students were allowed to have more wiggle room for like to be creative and I felt like I was able to help other staff members also develop professionally because I had already come from the profession of just working with staff and working with 
the curriculum and just working with children. So I was really pleased that I would be overseeing others. And so I really liked that. And so eventually that work would, in fact, lead me to work for another agency as an evaluation analyst. And in this position, uh, I was doing a lot of statistic work uh, that was looking at school-based and community-based programs that ensured the goal and objective that was met for every organization. And as I was able to put my statistics in practice, and although I did not like statistics when I was in college and um, I still managed to get an A somehow. I don't know how, but I mean, I had a great professor, but I feel like I learned a lot in that position. I'm like, I learned that I'm like, no, I feel like a desk desk job is not for me. I definitely love working with people. I love interacting and I enjoy being out there. Like that's just who I am. So after that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to like working with the kids and, you know, experiencing that part. And um, so my experiences led me to where I am now. And I am now the director of after school programs where I oversee students and staff and where I also do invoicing services for a private Catholic school. Um, I was called to apply here for this particular job and I had no knowledge of working for it private Catholic school before. Um, all I knew was like, yeah, I'm open-minded. I grew up Catholic and I was open-minded to new things. Uh, now I think back to what that teacher told me previously, like earlier years about, you know, God having a plan for me. And I think I would have never answered to this calling had I gone, had I not gone through what I did. Uh, and God was preparing me for something bigger. Uh, I love the community and where I work. I really like the faculty and staff and students and parents. And I feel like it's a lot close-knit community that I really enjoy because I feel that sometimes public schools, like, you can just get lost in the sea of students and staff and everyone's just really overworked and I just feel drained overall. But I feel like I love the school and the setting because I feel like students learn about Jesus Christ and God and it's beautiful just to see how... Um, have been working here um and i'm not sure if i could ever really go back to working in public schools i mean maybe one day i mean i don't know anything could happen but i definitely enjoy what i enjoy what i do here and so i think for me you know my answer to my call was like going through that experiences of like this chaos and just you know even from the moment that I got into education that I wanted to teach I feel like I did out of place of fear instead of love because I was like oh my gosh like I'm gonna be uh with a bachelor's degree and like unemployed like that was my biggest fear and so I think like now I think back to that I'm like no like there's no way like I think God always has something like prepared for me and there's no way that you can fail uh, I just think it's that for me, it was like that mentality of having parents who are immigrants and having to grow up and having to work really hard to where I am and just continuing that. But in a way, I just, I kind of didn't want to continue that cycle either of like also working so hard and diligently where I didn't stay true to who I was. And I feel like throughout my whole journey, I've tried to remain true to who I am, but then I have also been able to be very practical about the whole thing but I think that listening to my intuition has been keen um 
And so, yeah, I think that that's been my experience. And overall now it's like, I really enjoy what I do. Um, it's That's been kind of my experience as an educator. <laughs> I feel like now I'm starting to find more stability. Uh, and so, yeah, and I've worked my way through public school and private school. Um, and everyone's journey is different, but I want you to tell you and let you know that if you're going through your own journey uh, and you don't know about your jobs and, you know, the world, the work world, and, you know, being an adult, being an adult is not the easiest. And I just want to say that, you know, your job doesn't define you, uh, that we're more we are more than our jobs, but definitely, like, if something doesn't align with you, you don't have to stick it out. There's going to be something better out there for you, and if you <clears throat> believe in God, you know, God will take care of that for you. All you have to do is, like, put our little grain of salt in there, too. Um, but I'm very grateful for that journey because I learned a whole lot, and I hope I learned a whole lot about myself, that I'm definitely a leader, and through that journey, I also realized that I love podcasting and I love podcasting because, as I mentioned, I'm an educator. I like to just nurture that education that's already part of everybody because I don't think of myself as somebody who pours into others. I believe that you allow yourself to be poured into yourself. You just have to open that door. Um, and I want to leave you with a really good question. And the question is, how is my relationship with God showing up in my everyday life? Um, and with that, I hope y'all have an amazing week. I feel like the weather has been so good lately, especially here in the Bay Area, and I hope it continues that way. All right, I'll send each and every one of you so much love and so much positive light and so much positive prayers. Thanks, y'all.